Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. My name is Mark. I am your host, and I am so happy that you've chosen again to download or listen or stream uh, my little labor of love that I really enjoy doing, and it's a podcast about leadership. It's a podcast about safety. It's ultimately a podcast about people and how we engage and maybe a little bit of fun along the way. So one thing we've been talking about the last uh, few weeks and off and on is communication. And I continue to see where this is one of those leadership skills that transfers so easily into the world of safety. And again, I love the idea and something I've been really developing is that safety is the gateway to real people engagement. Because if you don't care if someone is hurt, if someone lives or dies, if someone has harm to them, I'm not sure you really can engage or care about any of their other human psychological needs. And so safety is that gateway to caring. Safety is that gateway to engagement because it meets so many fundamental needs when we come in and start that conversation about safety. And can it seem insincere in the beginning? Sure. But that's a whole nother story. What really about communication that is so important about safety is one, making sure people understand the why, making sure we are giving them what they need. So one of the items I've been working on is uh, part of a leadership course of understanding someone's communication or someone's needs when it comes to a task or a goal. And when we're looking at that task or goal, whether it be working safely or accomplishing a safety goal, we have to give them what they need when they need it. Sometimes we need very directive, very prescriptive directions. And we think about high hazard, new employees to the workplace that have never seen it before. They need that interaction. They need that directiveness. They need the details of what it takes to be safe, we are seeing a huge generational gap, more than we've ever seen in the workplace before. Lots of studies have been done on this, lots of articles about this. As we see the baby boomers retiring, Gen X was a very small uh, 
group when it comes to the scope and size. As we move to millennials, Gen Z, and on, we're seeing a difference in the way that they've entering the workplace, their values and their goals. Not that it's bad. It's not bad. It's, it's good. There can be a lot of good things that come from it, but we're not ready. We haven't prepared for that style of education. We haven't prepared for that style of, of engagement where values are much higher on the priority list. So as the generations before would come in maybe with a lot more technical knowledge or hands-on knowledge of stuff or farm work or other items where that was necessary <laughs> before the, in those eras, that was something they did. I'm going to pause and I'm going to tell a quick story. Uh, my dad and I were, were talking about different generations. Of course, he's a baby boomer. I'm an Xer. Uh, my kids are, I don't know what they'll be labeled, but there it is. And we were chatting about, uh, I have an old car. My grandfather was a Dodge mechanic and he bought a junker back when I was young, young, young. And he slowly rebuilt it as I got older. As I got older, he, he attempted to teach me. I'm not, I know enough to be dangerous. I can get in there and tinker a little bit. I have, I heard a lot of cool things, but you know, my, my motivation for that was not fantastic. Not bad, but not good either. <laughs> but it, he and I would work together and I'd, I'd do value some of the stuff we did. And even my dad and I would work on it together. And ultimately that became my car when I was 16. I still have it. I regret I need to get it out and drive it more. Um, but we were talking about that car and we were talking about how back in his days, I man, it was something that changing engines, uh, putting in new th things to your car was like the thing to do. And now it was like, well, you know, there's some modifications, but you didn't really do the, the huge technical things. Like you didn't really get in there, and become a wrench head or a gearhead like back in the day. And maybe there's a few factors there. One, uh, sociability really isn't built around tasks as much as they can be around interaction and a global level rather than a regional level. But also, let's look at modern day cars. I'm not sure I could pull an engine on one of those and know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> they're just so, they're different. We, we have such a different environment that we're operating. I mean, I drove a Prius for a while. Loved it, to be honest. Uh, just needed something a little bit more for the farm. And I'm thinking, I couldn't pull an engine on that. What the heck? I don't have no clue. Yeah, I'm going to drop a 440 in that thing. <laughs> okay. No, the times have changed and the workplace isn't changing. So I say all that to say this. The workplace is not changing quick enough to meet the needs, the communication, the value needs that these generations want. There are core values they find important. There are a lot of communication and support needs. And then there's something you inherently learn by watching other people do mechanical things and the just general ideas that come with just seeing how parts in mechanical parts work together, that that is not as prominent in the newer generations as it was in prior generations. And so that knowledge, not that it's bad that we don't have it, there's new knowledge filling that gap of 
a lot of really interesting items that can progress the workplace, flexibility, communication, uh, integration, technology needs that are filling some very interesting gaps. But we need to understand that some of the base knowledge that we've kind of always assumed might be there may not be there. And we have to teach it. And we have to teach it in a very prescriptive way to assure that we're getting the message across to be safe, to work safely. I've said a lot here uh, and really maybe not made a great point so far, but we're going to get to that. The I, So the focus that I really want to put here is that our communication has to change based on what we see, based on what we're doing, based on the audience that we are focused on. And it's going to have to evolve very, very quickly because we have been doing the same styles of training for a long time and the same styles of learning for a long time. We have to evolve that. And it's going to have to evolve faster as we continue to see some shifts in the diversity and the inclusion of our newer workforce. Let's talk more about communication. Let's talk more about motivation when we come back after this break. This is the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. It's time to rehumanize the workplace. Having the means and methods to engage and empower your team is more important than ever. Fortunately, TSD Amalgamated is here for you. They focus on better understanding your organization's culture through team building, safety auditing, personal assessments, leadership training, and compliance-based systems. Their staff has the training, knowledge, and experience to help you achieve safety, compliance, and beyond. Visit tsdamalgamated.com for more information. Welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So just a minute or two ago, we were talking about communication and how there's been different knowledge gaps, different, there's a shift in what we know, in a shift in the way that we teach, in a shift in the way that we motivate, in a shift in the values of the workplace and how we have to adapt to those to be effective people of leaders. This isn't just about safety. If safety, leadership, and leadership are two different terms, there's a gap. It should be leadership. Leadership is people. People is safety. Isn't that very great logic there? I'm not even sure if that was grammar in any form or fashion, but it was fun. (laughs) Communication has to change. Another story that I'm going to tell here is about how we can discourage communication and not realize it. Probably have a couple of examples here. And and the first one is when, have you been around as a safety professional? Let me ask this question. And I know you can't answer immediately, but maybe you can send me a message or comment on something. Um, Been around where someone, we report near misses, report hazards, report all this stuff. One, Is there a feedback mechanism? Do people realize we're getting those items? Even if it's, hey, we found 20, we fixed 10. Anything that would give feedback that communication received. Or even on the flip side, have you ever seen someone be uh, kind of the, the passive aggressive punished for being the person who reports all the time? I was working for an organization and we caught uh, an issue with a confined space 
And I wasn't really ready to do confined space training at that time. Just wasn't comfortable with it. So I found a local safety professional in the area who had a consulting service, well-versed in the confined space. We sent a bunch of guys uh, to get trained so they would be ready for whatever they had to engage in. And one person was just, they didn't want to be there. And so the class started with, you know, we wouldn't have to be there if that guy right there pointed at the person, didn't report the hazard. If they just not said anything, we could have just kept working and that would have been that. And we would could have continued and finished our job and that person had to report a hazard. And now here we are in this training, not actually doing any real work, but sitting here in training. And thank goodness that uh, the, the instructor was well-versed in that t- style of hostility, I guess, and was able to put a stop to it by saying, no, this person saved a life. This person did what they should do. And, of course, they called me afterwards and said, hey, this person in your class said these things. We had a coaching session. Um, we can't tolerate those styles of things. But even from leadership, like, why are you the one that always keeps reporting? I always see your name. No, thank you for letting me see your name. Thank you for reporting that hazard. We can't inadvertently discourage someone from open communication. Uh, I had a manager one time was trying to coach me on how to handle one of my team members. And they were like, hey, you know that person, I know always popping in your office asking questions. I'm like, well, it's an open door policy, right? Doors open, pop in, ask a question. If I need to go or something comes up, I say, hey, got a pause here, but... Uh, come back later or schedule a time. But they said, what you should do is when every time they pop in, give them an assignment. So if they pop in and they're like, hey, I got a question, they ask a question, give them an assignment. And eventually they'll quit popping in because they know you're going to give them an assignment. It's like, whoa, that's going to just shut it down because that person's going to learn just not talk to me because, man, he always gives me an assignment. We can, through our actions, discourage communication it's not about stopping it. If, if someone is communicating too much or not meeting our needs, we talk about, hey, I think you're giving me too much, or maybe I'm not giving you enough, or how do we match? And there's some really good tools out there for matching communication styles. There's some really good tools on diagnosing what someone needs for communication and task orientation. That's something completely different. I can't really dive into that in the next few minutes, but they're out there. And if you have a good facilitator, someone who can help teach, someone who can help learn, there's the opportunity to grow, to build that team. And in a broader scope, if we're better communicators, it's not just about our message getting into someone else. Communication is two-way. It may be understanding why that person isn't hearing our communication. Why is it that we keep talking about safety messages and it just never works? Or we're not seeing the results that we want to see. Do we go back and really, really take the hard look at why someone is not trusting our process? And most of the time, I'm going to be perfectly honest, it's not we as an individual. It's not just the safety person they don't want to talk to. It's an organizational problem. There's a bigger problem of trust from the organization, not trust of the safety person. And I've heard that some. I mean, I've also heard the opposite, like, hey, Mark, you're 
you're this isn't good. You're not good, but that's okay. <laughs> that happens. Not can't make everyone happy. And but there's a lot of times where I do hear where hey, I trust you, but I know that you're limited by the organization, and I don't trust it. I don't trust anything anyone else says out of this this group except for a few people. And that can happen organizationally that we may not be able to stop. But one thing we can continue to do is to be open, continue to talk, continue to listen, continue to try to engage, handle the big stuff. You, the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. I know that any safety issue can lead to harm but in some cases, we have to really look at from an organizational standpoint, can we do everything we can to keep our people safe from the extremes and work toward then just keep working it down? We work on severity first. That happens. It starts with having that communication that is focused on making sure that we keep people into a safe place and doing our best to minimize the negative uh, feedback, the reverberation that can happen if we are not doing the right things to increase good communication. So in other words, we don't want to do the things that discourage communication. We want to only just be neutral. Don't be a net negative or try to reduce that. Anyway, Enjoyed the conversation about communication. I think it's one of those overlooked items that anyone can, if you can talk, you can communicate. Not always true. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope maybe you've taken something away from a little bit about communication and how to improve it. And let's continue the conversation. I'd love to hear more. Reach out to me on social media. Reach out to me on my LinkedIn or my Twitter page. And let's chat more about communication from leadership, or from safety. Until next time we chat, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.